Welcome to Podcast in the Woods. I'm your host, Boomer, and before we get into things today, we're going to talk a little bit about what I have been watching. So I've got a challenge that I made to myself, and I'm trying to watch 365 new watches this year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a bit, and it's not just movies in general, but I'm actually trying to watch 365 movies that I have not seen yet, and the latest one that I saw was Midnight Mass. Yes, I finally got around to it. I've heard all kinds of people talking about it, all the rave reviews, all that stuff, and I finally was able to sit down and watch it and was not disappointed. That movie, or series, I'm sorry, it's it's a series on Netflix, is just fantastic. It's ridiculously good, and I'm not going to spoil anything about it. I was going to talk a little bit about it, but the one thing that I was going to say about it is kind of a spoiler, so we'll just... Avoid all those. I know everybody hates spoilers. With that being said, if you have not seen Midnight Mass, go watch it right now. It's it's just brilliant. So with that out of the way, I'm excited to be back, man. This is uh this is the sequel. And I'm already excited. I've had like two monsters, I think, this morning, so just bear with me if you can, if I start to get a little off the rails, just just kind of go with it. It's it's time to amp things up. It is Podcast in the Woods 2, Episode 2. Time to ramp things up just a little bit. It is time to get scurry. I'm a little bit of a underdog, I guess you say, starting a brand new podcast, and it's just going to get crazier and crazier. Well, uh, what's this going to be like then by the time that Episode 10 rolls around? It is Podcast in the Woods in Space. Or something along those lines. Who knows? Who knows what I'll have in store by that by that time. Now, with these movies, yes, I've had Monster. Yes, I'm ready to go. But I think that a little bit of whiskey is in order. So I've got my trusty Lefroig here with me this morning just to help out a little bit. And that is because today we enter the world of livestock. With such a heavy theme this week, I'm sure that you know the only way that this kind of story can be told is the horror comedy. Now, horror comedy is great. You have Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Evil Dead 2, a lot of evil, Shaun of the Dead. It's either dead or evil. That's weird. I made this list and, okay, no, I did put Werewolves Within as well on my list. But the list, it, it does, it goes on and on. There's so many titles in the horror comedy genre. It's filled with some truly great stuff. However, it doesn't always come together. Creating a good balance of both the horror and the comedy is not an easy thing to do. It requires an understanding of what makes both genres great, along with how to interweave them without being too heavy-handed on either side. It's a very tough line, and obviously not every film gets this right. So how will R2 today fare? Should we watch these titles? We'll see. Hey! I'll swallow your soul! I'll swallow your soul! I'll swallow your soul! <laughs> swallow this. The first title in our discussion today is The Mad. Now, The Mad was a film I somehow saw when it first came out back in 2007. A little obscure flick that came out direct to DVD and Blockbuster. It's weird, though, for some reason, I thought I had seen it earlier. 
I found it on Tubi and hadn't watched it since that first time, so I decided to check it out. I remember enjoying the movie, maybe, but if I can't remember even getting close to the release date, then, then who knows? Who knows what I actually thought about it at that time? But somehow it was in my head that the release was like 2001 or 2002, something, something like that. I thought I'd seen it a long time before then. I'm looking at you, Mandela. Apparently it's getting to me too. Spooky. Anyway, this didn't get much of a budget. And uh, like I said, was sent to Blockbuster, direct-to-DVD, never got a theatrical release. In fact, the trivia for this movie is absolutely non-existent. It has Billy Zane in it. There you go. There's your trivia. And he brings all that charm that you remember from other genre works that he did, like Critters and Blood Rain. He was in Demon Knight. I know he was in Demon Knight, and he was fantastic in that movie. It's not that kind of role. Trust me. Well, here we go. IMDb synopsis for The Mad, a comedy horror thriller in which a doctor and his teenage daughter are terrorized by flesh-eating zombies at a truck stop. And actually, I don't think it was a truck stop. I think it was just a diner. I'm pretty sure it was just a diner and had nothing to do with a truck stop. But it's not bad. It's, it's, if you remember last week, these were a dumpster fire. But this one's not bad. The synopsis on here just actually tells you what's going on a little bit. Little spoiler heavy uh, once you actually sit down to watch the film, but uh, still not terrible. In the opening scene, a farmer butchers what is supposed to be beef, but sounds like he definitely filled a bag with wet socks and is just cutting on that and going to town. He cuts it, whatever it is, on the table, and it is just squish, 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 squish. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe this guy owns a laundry business, but either way, the cattle that he owns looks on as he does his wet work, and they are certainly not happy about whatever it is that he is doing. It then cuts the driving sequence through the opening credits. Oh my god, if I have to see this one more time. Can you say filler? If that's not bad enough, the title movie, or I'm sorry, the, the title song for this movie, oh my, it, it's terrible. It just instantly gets on your nerves, instantly just goes there. They had to have paid some 80s cover band like 40 bucks and told them the title of the movie, gave them five minutes to write a song before they shoved them into the recording studio. The producers were able to rent for just long enough to record this one freaking take of the song. It goes, We are the mad, the mad, the mad, the mad. We are the mad, the mad. The mad, come on baby, take my hand. Tell me you understand. Now you think I am kind of being a little bit facetious, but absolutely not. That is exactly how the song goes. In that kind of tone, it's absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely awful. Again, I can see that. They they come to him like, okay, this is this is what you got to work with. Here it is. Here's what we're paying you. Okay, they come back like five minutes later. Okay, all right, guys, what do you have? Um, oh, shit. Probably should have been working on something. Um, what's, what, what's the title of the movie again? The Mad? We are the mad, the mad, the mad. Yeah, it's exactly. Something just like that. Just mute the TV. 
put on any other damn song that you've got and just, just keep going. Just get past this part. More cows, of course, through the title. <sighs> oh my goodness. Creeper Farmer shows up to deliver his beef, the one that was doing his laundry earlier, as our heroes pull into the small town carnival, complete with hayrides, of course. But not before ominous music plays as the daily specials on the chalkboard are shown from the diner. Cheeseburgers. I get it, movie. I get it. I, I understand what you're doing. I, I freaking get it. The beef is fucked. The beef is not good. That's the whole point of this whole fucking thing. I get it. I don't think that the director of this movie understands anything about subtlety. Nothing. Now I have to stop right here. I'm literally, literally like a couple minutes in, but this is an ugly, ugly film. I don't know what type of camera they used. And even if I did, it would not help because this is not my forte. I'm not a technician. I understand that. I don't. I wouldn't know what kind of camera it would be or what kind of optics you need or any of that, the lighting, none of that. I don't get it. But I have eyes. You get two types of cinematography in the mad. You get boring and you get shit. The shot composition is the most basic sound studio soap opera. Point the camera and just get the actors in frame technique that I have ever seen in a movie, but it gets worse. There are times when the film is so grainy, it's got to be a filter. It has to be. Like somebody's only solution to make this film scary was to slap a VHS Photoshop filter over it. And trust me, I've, I've done it. It had to be it because I did. I, I, I did these things. And sure enough, it looks the fucking exact same. Hit me up on Twitter and I'll give you my, I'll give you my Twitter profile later if you want to see these little scientific experiments that I made. That's right. I'm going the extra mile this time. I'm doing my research. I tried that on Photoshop. It looks the same. This movie is ugly. My God. We are only five minutes in. Five. I need some whiskey. I need some whiskey. And I hope this helps. They're listening to the song. Oh my God. I, I just... I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. We get the dragon sequence. They pull up to this carnival in the car, and of course, of course, they are listening to the mad song in the car, turn off the radio. Yes, it is a cliche. I get it. I've seen it in other movies, and it works. But there is nobody in their right mind that is listening to this damn song in their car. Nobody. Oh, I, gotta, I need another drink. Oh my god. Okay, we touched on cinematography. Now how about sound? Surely, surely they got the sound right. But nope. Our characters stand in a wide shot and discuss staying or continuing down the road to a larger city before stopping. Maybe they should go here. At least I think that that's what the discussion was. Because either the ADR is turned way down or they really did try to record sound from across the street in a fucking van. I'm losing my mind, people. I'm losing my mind. We're two episodes in. This is the sequel. We're two episodes in, and I'm losing my mind. We're still less than ten minutes into this movie. I've I'm, I'm, I'm barely made it past the credits at this point. But the four traveling together, Dr. Hunt, his daughter Amy, girlfriend Monica... 
Amy's boyfriend Blake, played by Billy Zane, Maggie Castle, Shauna McDonald, and Evan Charles Flock, respectively, decide that they're going to stay. Oh, goody. They just left. I could have turned off this movie. It should have just been a short film. It should have been anything other than what this was. I can't wait for these vanilla fucks to just start getting the axe. I'm sorry. I know. I'm, I'm so hostile today. I apologize, listeners. This is a family show. <laughs> I'm, I'm just stalling. I don't want any more of this movie. I don't want any more. Amy berates her dad for dressing differently with some decidedly out-of-place references, and he in turn awkwardly tells her it's because it turns his new girlfriend on. And oh shit, they are on the way to cabin with a 42-inch plasma TV. Man, what a banger. Then Monica and Amy bitch at each other, and that just endears you to both of them, right? Let me give you the gist just the gist of this conversation. I'm doing this for you. Wine, wine, wine. You're not my mom. Your mom is dead, and I can make your life hell. Okay. Wonderful. I sure hope nothing bad happens to any of these people. I haven't mentioned Blake yet because he's about as compelling as wallpaper. It's, it's, it's not good. It's just not good. Off to the diner, we go to get some lunch, but not before one of the most awkward blowjob scenes in film history, and yes, I have seen Killer Joe. Thankfully, only a few seconds of Billy Zane's O-Face, with quick cuts, scored to rock track, and then time to get back to what we were doing, to the fucking plot. Is this supposed to be a comedy? I mean, I, I think I figured it out. I, th I think that I've got it. It's dawning on me. This was supposed to be the comedy. My mind is blown right now. I'm supposed to be laughing at this, not traumatized. Now, Dr. Hunt shows up in a super giddy mood, of course, and I'm just staring disappointedly right now at the TV screen. Why do you order light dressing on the side? Let me, let me stop and ask that. So we get our orders in. Why do you order salad dressing on the side and say light? I want light salad dressing on the side. Just put however much you want on the salad. And Monica continues to be a bitch to everyone. Creepy farmer continues to farm creepily, giving his livestock some chemicals in their drinking water. The one thing I will give this movie is the premise. The premise is pretty good. During this time, there was mad cow disease scares, so having zombies caused by mad cow disease is a really good concept for your horror comedy. I like that. I think that's inventive. I think that that is a new angle, a new spin on it. It's silly, but it's believable in a wacky universe kind of way. It's good. But no more time for that. The burger special is going on, and we get our first off-screen death. A car is shaking, which Monica believes is two or more people having sex in this tiny smart car. But then a hand covered in blood slaps the windshield after she leaves. Again, Ryder. Again. Regardless of what the hell is happening in that car, it's going to draw attention in broad daylight. The zombie outbreak isn't going unnoticed in the middle of a day in a rocking car. That makes no sense. You cannot, you cannot do that. You can't do that. Uh, Sheriff, I think 
People are engaged in relations over yonder in that tiny car. Well, thank you. I'll see what's going on. Oh, shit. It's zombies. End of movie. Did Dr. Hunt just have a psychic vision? And we're going on to the next scene. Did he just have a psychic vision of the future? This movie not only has mad cow zombies, but it has psychics. And I get ridiculous movies. I get it. But you have to be able to follow the movie. The movie has to play by its own rules. And it just comes out of nowhere. He looked at two people, saw them as zombies, which they will be in a few minutes. But what the hell was that? One minute he's having the only kind of dialogue this movie knows, the awkward kind with Blake. And then the next thing, it's full minority report. Just out of nowhere. Again, I'm afraid to delve into the psychology of the creator, but it may be because we are now over 20 minutes into the mad and nothing has happened besides some cheap setup. There's no opening kill, no character development, no comedy, no scares, so smash in some kind of psychic vision just to throw it in there so something happens in this movie. Just because it's a horror comedy doesn't mean the beats of the plot can't make sense unless that's the whole point. If it's, it's, a, it's, if it's supposed to, so I'm getting so mad that I can't even, I can't even talk right now. But if if it's supposed to be nonsensical, then that's fine. But that's not the case here. They're playing it pretty straight through this whole movie. Also, having people just stand around and talk is not development movie. We learn nothing about these people except the most surface-level motivations. Think something like, like Shaun of the Dead. Not only is it funny and entertaining, but you learn who Shaun is while following him, who he is as a person, so the jokes are funnier and you actually want him to be okay. Nobody in this movie is relatable. This could all be done with voiceovers and cardboard cutouts. Oh, I forgot about that. Dr. Hunt was in a band during school called The Mad. Why is the band name the same title as the movie? It's just one thing after another. I can't, I can't go two lines of dialogue without getting pissed off about something. What is the point of that? The Mad is a reference to the cattle. It's the premises of your movie. What are we doing here? What are, what are we even doing here? Why is it the name of the band that he was in? Life is full of questions that may never be answered Philosophy tells us this, and the mad is documented, recorded proof that some questions just have no answers. Next scene. Score is, and this, oh God. Oh my God. This scene is scored with what sounds like recorded farts put through a synthesizer. At least it's not the theme, same theme song again. I mean, recorded farts on a loop is not so bad when you compare it to the other crap that we've been getting. So, I mean, that's that, that that's kind of a <laughs> that's kind of a positive note. The cows are still drinking this the same water chemical mixture. It's been hours. It's been it's been hours at this point. It was morning time when that 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 farmer, the creepy farmer, put this in the water. But it's dark now. The trough is empty. Stupid cows, and it's. The same at the diner. The same people are still in the diner. Is it normal to eat lunch for six hours? I mean, you tell me. I'm going I'm to give you my, my email address at the end of this. Email the show. Tell me if you eat lunch for six hours. When I went to Italy one time, we had like a this gathering, and they served us family style, and you would 
get one course at a time. That didn't take six hours. That was delicious. It was amazing, but it did not take six hours. They might as well stay for dinner at this point. And people in the diner have started to crazy out, of course. Finally, finally something is happening, even if it's stupid. There's something happening. I don't blame them, though, for acting crazy, for having to wait so goddamn long for the food if they're still there at night. One patient goes from normal looking, he falls, gets up, zombified instantly. That's not how infections work. That's not how it works. <laughs> and the zombies are roaring like royalty-free dinosaur sound effects. Well, that's convenient. It's certainly going to keep these costs down. They slaughter everyone in the diner except for Dr. Hunt, Amy, and Blake. Monica gets it with some practical effects. Oh no, what a surprise. I can't believe Monica didn't make it to the end of this movie. I was convinced the bitch evil stepmother trope was going to, to get there. But Dr. Hunt fights with a zombie in a tango fashion, and that, that's that's literal. I'm being I'm being completely serious. That's that's dead fucking serious. As the tango plays on the jukebox, that's it. Right there. That's the joke. Blake gets bit because he's a jackass. A soda machine falls on a zombie, and while he kicks it, he gets bit on the foot. I mean, come on. Come on now. Oh, Blake really tries to act scared and excited, but his voice just cracks any time that he goes above a certain volume. It's... It's weird. And the zombies at this time are trying to get into the hotel room the group has taken taking shelter in their room and the zombies open the door but it has a chain lock on it so they can't get in the group closes it open close open close and Dr. Hunt puts the do not disturb sign on the outside of the knob and closes it and they don't try to come back in now that one I'll admit it that one did get a laugh out of me the one laugh once in an hour and 30 minute run time I thought something was kind of humorous in that time. Oh my gosh. They go back to the diner for battle, exposition, and to try to learn something from an autopsy on Monica's corpse. And then Dr. Hunt sees her reanimate and begin talking about mundane things. No, she's not a zombie. This is just in his head. To the point, one of the characters asks him what he's doing or who he's talking to. I don't. I again, I don't. I don't get it. He was psychic before, and now he's psychotic. It's completely out of left field. It serves absolutely no purpose in the film, in the movie. It serves no purpose. She just asks him not to do the autopsy. That's it. I'm done. I'm I, at this point. I, at this point, I'm. I'm. I'm done. I can't handle it any anymore. Uh, you should have enough info by this point to know whether you want to watch this movie or not. I'm not going to spoil it in case you would like to watch it. But as far as I'm concerned, I say skip it. It doesn't get any better than this. The ending is insane, but not in a good way. It it does. It, it wraps up the story, but just keeps going until it winds up in a meatpacking haunted house. Now that sounds fucking awesome, but I promise you... It's not. Big, big letdown from what goes through your mind when you hear meatpacking haunted house. 
Wow. Just wow. I'd like to shed a little light on on hidden gems. I mean, that's that, that's my thing. There, there's a ton of stuff in my watch list, and when I find something that deserves recognition, it's fun to bring it to light for others to enjoy. The Mad is not a hidden gem. It's more like a hidden dog turd in the yard. You're walking along, and all of a sudden you feel that soft mush on the bottom of your shoe. Just avoid those things as best as you can. I never intended to watch this again anytime soon, but yet here I am, intentionally stepping in shit, dear listeners, so you don't have to. What the fuck? What the hell was that? Are you trying to kill us? Oh, I needed just a little bit of a breather after that last one. But on to our final picture, Black Sheep from 2006, starring Oliver Driver, Nathan Meister, Peter Fanning, Tandy Wright, Tammy Davis, Matthew Chamberlain, and others. Directed and written by Jonathan King. IMDb synopsis. An experiment in genetic engineering turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers that terrorize sprawling New Zealand farm. Hey, another good plot synopsis. IMDb is uh, really stepping up their game this week. I like it. I, I knew you had it in you, IMDb. I knew you could do it. My mind must be totally gone, because like the last movie, I saw Black Sheep as soon as it, re as it was released. And though it was released before The Mad, in my head this came out years later. I don't know how that happened. Maybe I ate some of those contaminated fucking burgers or some shit. I don't know. God damn it. The fucking Mad. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm good. I'm good. Here we go. Also, like the last movie, I remember really liking this one and having fun with it. Will it turn out to be a dream like that last film? Let's let's see. Come on, please. Oh, just let it be good. Let it be good. This movie also streams like the last one for free in the US on the Tubi app. While I'm on the subject, that's a that's a pretty good thing. It's a pretty neat thing, Tubi. It's a free app. It has, I don't know, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of movies. And with the caveat that you get to watch them for free. It doesn't cost anything. It's not a subscription or anything like that. But they have all kinds of good stuff on there. It's a brilliant app. And Hey, Tubi, I'm, uh, I'm not above some corporate sponsorship. Hit me up. We'll talk. Back, back, to, uh, back to Black Sheep in the meantime. I won't normally do this, but the taglines for this movie are, are really good, so not going to happen every time, and it actually probably won't happen most of the time, but I thought these were great. There is, yes, there's more than really one, and uh, all of them kind of crack me up to some degree or another. So the first one is, there are 40 million sheep in New Zealand, and they are pissed off. Get the flock out of here. And the final one is, Get ready for the violence of the lambs. So that would, I don't know why. I know that's cheesy as hell. But that last one really gets me. I think that's funny. Not, I mean, it's they did a good job. We haven't even hit play yet, and I'm having a good time. That, that bodes well. That, that's a good thing. Somebody's putting some thought and some fucking effort into, into this. Although I would have had a better time if I'd never hit play on the mat either. That fucking piece of shit. Okay, stop getting sidetracked. This is Black Sheep. 
The movie opens with a family herding sheep before one of the brothers slaughters one of their cuties and puts on its bloody corpse and scared the shit out of the younger brother with it. That's, uh, that's pretty messed up, but right from the beginning we see the camera work is rather good. It's, it's not going to win any awards or anything, but it looks like a movie. We're doing good. We're making progress. It looks like a movie. And the dialogue sounds like normal people talking. Henry is coming back home, but is delayed because of a flock of sheep are standing in the room. He's terrified. Still traumatized by the disgusting prank all those years ago. And it may be a bit silly, but it does kind of make sense and sets up a real crippling fear of sheep. It's not just some random quirk that this character has in his personality just to, just to have one, just to be part of who he is, but it has roots in the backstory of the film that we're actually watching. That's how you do it. And it may sound silly, but it's, it's not un, uh, unheard of to have weird fears. In fact, I mean, I'm a boomer, so not real name, so I think I can get away with telling this story, but my brother back in the day was afraid of E.T., and it was the, you know, the scene where, uh, it's been so long since I've moved, seen that movie, but they're going through like a cornfield or something, and E.T. pops up, and he's like, Aah! you know, that, that, that kind of thing, and it always used to freak my brother out, so what I would do is, uh, I would mute the TV, <laughs> I would mute the TV, because he would always hide his eyes when it came to that part. And, uh, you know, I would tell him it was over and he'd look up and, you know, it was in the middle of it going on and it would freak him out. Yes, I was, I was kind of a dick. But thankfully I grew out of that. I'm a different person now. I have apologized to my brother for a good many things. This show is full of stuff. Reviews, recommendations, family drama. We are a well-rounded podcast in the woods. Henry arrives home, and it is dark and brooding, full of sheep taxidermy. Not the greatest place in the world for a person afraid of sheep, I guess. Angus, his brother, is practicing a speech he intends to give before buying up the surrounding property the family has owned, or these other families owned, and they've got some nefarious plans, to say the least, for this property. And that sheep killer is, of course, just a as big of a dick as he was all those years ago. He berates Henry for going to therapy. Now, now at this part, it, it may be because of my battles with mental health, but Angus just needs a big kick in the fucking ass, that piece of shit. I don't know why today is so angry. Today's, today's angry podcast day. This film is not a long film. <laughs> Get back on track. Clocking in at just under an hour, and... Uh, I mean, sorry, an hour and a half. And that's honestly perfect for the time that this has to sort out all these details in the story, giving you some character backstory and progressing the plot. While the previous film that we were talking about padded, this one gets right into the story as two bumbling thieves steal something from a secret classified laboratory. Now, one of the thieves makes a break for it, carrying the canister. He falls and smashes that oozy thing. And it turns out it's a deformed sheep that's still alive. And the little puppet in this looks looks really good. Looks, looks real good. All this stuff is practical. The entire film, there's no CGI in this film. It's all practical effects. And that's, that's something you can't always say from a film that came out 2006, 2007 time frame. They were, they, man, they love that shit. CGI. 
but the little puppet crawls on him. It latches onto his ear. Yes, score effects. We are doing good things here. We are doing some positive stuff in this film. The thief runs around slamming the little bastard into trees and rocks, trying to get it off in a loving homage to Linda's head and the Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2. I know it's Evil Dead 2, okay? It's my favorite movie of all time. Back to Angus and Henry, where it is revealed that Angus is subletting property for research, but what kind of research? Pretty sure it's not new forms of irrigation. The thief wallows on the ground as the little abomination wanders off to seek out more sheep for nefarious purposes. Uh-oh. Trigger warning now at this point. We do get a very graphic shot of a bunny being gutted for cooking, and it may be upsetting. This, this movie as good as it is and as good as all this stuff is going, it does love its bunny violence for some reason. For a watching experience, it is getting down to business right away. And along with that, the infection in this movie is going on in the background, like a good infection should. The whole point is it gets out of hand before people realize what's going on. 28 Days Later is a great example of how this works. By the time authorities are aware, the snowball has already formed and rolling down the hill with some speed. That's how you do your infection movie. A sheep is waiting on the road, and though not aggressive, it's been bitten. The thief, uh, his name is Grant, who was attacked, is really not doing well at this point. He's hiding in the forest, and damn, like I said before, this movie hates rabbits. He eats one alive, while his accomplice steals a rifle from Henry and forces him and his friend Tucker to go look for Grant. A brief transition shows some rando go to investigate a noise outside and he is presumably killed off screen. Again, not a ton of comedy so far, but little things here and there are working for this movie. And what this film does very well is building legitimate tension and properly introducing us to everyone on board. That's really good for a sheep, scary sheep movie. Turns out Mike was the rando, and there is blood all over the house. Goodbye, Mike. I mean, we didn't we didn't really know you anyway. That's, that's fine. A sheep appears, and it is pissed off, attacking our crew, where they are forced into hiding in the bedroom. And damn, Tucker fucks that fucking sheet up. That sheep gets it. John Wick style. Blasts it right in the head a couple of times, actually. But there's a whole flock in the yard, and they must traverse them to get to the car. Experience, our other thief, that's, that. yes, that's her name, Experience, coaxes Henry through the sheep using meditation techniques before Henry honks the horn and says, oh, oh, let me try, let me try to, let me try to do the accent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna mess this up. Oi, get on the fucking truck. Yeah, that's not very good. They get out of there, but not before another of the crazy herd jumps into the cab. Again, the practical effects are great. Watching an epic fight with a sheep it's brilliant. The laughs are, are really starting to pick up at this point. Oh my god. The deranged sheep is driving the truck. <laughs> Let me paint this picture for you. Okay. So they fight over the truck. The sheep wins. They all jump out. The sheep starts driving the truck. And then it goes over a cliff. And as it goes over the cliff, it cries out like helplessly. It's just like, bah. <laughs> it's It's... it's it's stupid, but it's it's pretty funny. It turns out that Angus is involved with the genetic tampering, of course. No surprise there. He encounters Grant on the road, 
who really looks terrible at this point and gets bitten. That cannot be good for him. Experience goes off to do other things off screen for a bit, and we get a rather ominous reveal. And that's the way that's the way to go. Embrace the craziness. Embrace the craziness. You can play it totally straight. That's what's going on here in this movie. The ridiculousness happening is uh, it's just perfectly juxtaposed with the uh, reactions of everyone that's involved in this. Don't get me wrong, you can go all silly as well, but to me, it then loses the horror element of it. At that, at that point, the horror is more in the background, whereas with Black Sheep, it really is straddling that territory in a very good way. And I do realize that I cannot say the word juxtaposed, juxtaposed, juxtaposed. That's not coming out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not removing that. That's staying in. More horrible discoveries await in the lab. And experience, Tucker and Henry are held at gunpoint by Angus, who at least can't shoot his brother. But, you know, hey, he is content to let him presumably fall to his death. There is that. Sheep surround the hole Henry and experience are in while Ominous music plays again. <laughs> I just... I love this film. It's just a bunch of sheep that are standing around the rim of this hole, like, looking in. Uh, it's it's amazing. But it turns out that the hole is part of the cave system, and the sheep have found their way in. They're getting bigger, bigger, and they are hungry at this point. It's time for the climax, and it is insane. It is violent and gory as fuck, just as you'd hoped. Like, this movie... Yeah, it had to tick those boxes, right? The ending, it's about killer sheep. It's about killer sheep. So the ending had to be insane. It had to be violent. The movie's insane. And it had to be gory. And it checks all three of those boxes wonderfully. Black Sheep is not particularly scary, of course. But what it does, it does very well. It is hardly ever mentioned when people talk about good horror comedies. But it should be. People need to talk about this movie. It's really good. It hits all the right beats, and it would be an absolutely amazing party film. This one definitely is worth a watch. Check it out. Groovy. Well, that's it. There we go. And though not as successful as last week in terms of groovy films, still it was a lot of fun to get to talk about two more titles that are hardly ever mentioned when people talk about this genre. And that's a beautiful thing. Talking obscure or just poor that's off the beaten path just a little bit is a blast. Plus, anytime that I can give a little bit of advice to you out there wondering what this is all about, what you should watch, what maybe you should stay away from, is, is a lot of fun. However, it's only my opinion, and I understand that for whatever my opinion's worth, nothing really. <laughs> so, friends, slog through these hidden marshes on your own as well. You might be surprised what turns up, and, and yes, we will get to some more recognizable things. I promise we will get to some more titles that those of you out there will recognize. In fact, next week's episode will be a cage match. If you'd like to follow me on social media, I'm on Twitter at WoodsPodcast1. I post questions, discussions, ask for your opinions all the time, and starting probably next week, if you send me something on there, then I'll read it out on the show if you want. I absolutely love interacting with everybody, everybody out there. You can also email the show, 
podcastinthewoods1 at gmail.com, and we can do whatever you like. We can talk. You can mention something that I've talked about or just post a recommendation that you that you have for something that I may or may not have seen and get it on the show. Thank you again, all of you out there for listening, and stay scary. <laughs>